Welcome to Crisis to Comeback, your Western Colorado climate action podcast. Each episode addresses climate change in Western Colorado with a focus on Delta County. This season of Crisis to Comeback, you'll hear interviews and conversations from local voices in our community, government, renowned scientists, and experts in our Western climate. This podcast was made possible in part by the West Elk Community Fund and Citizens for a Healthy Community. I'm your host, Corey Stanton, and you're listening to part two of a conversation with Hotchkiss, Colorado resident Wade Pridgen. Wade worked for the oil and gas industry from 2014 to 2021. If you haven't yet listened to part one, I'd recommend checking it out, but you don't necessarily have to listen in order. Wade is now retired and spends his days on his land in Hotchkiss with his two dogs. He and I had a candid conversation a few weeks ago about his time working for the oil and gas industry and how he's now giving back to what he calls Mother Earth. Well, I'm curious if you could go back in time, 30 years or so, and you had maybe influence or something on people willing to listen. What message would you tell the past from your experience and from what you've seen firsthand? My message would be to stay more closely connected with Mother Earth. Her path is the right way to follow. Don't get blinded by big money or big talk or fancy blah, 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 because it's not sustainable. The only sustainable way for life is the path that Mother has. That's it completely with me now, and and I'm wanting to be, you know, I'm living the rest of my days trying to help people realize that. You don't need all this stuff. You can live without all this stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying it. I'm living a life of retirement right now because I've chose not to have all that stuff. Okay? I have a sustainable retirement life right now. And I'm not living rich, and I don't want to live rich. I'm I'm already rich. I'm I'm already rich and blessed because I'm living in Mother's world. Mm-hmm. That's where we go wrong. Yeah, you've got me thinking about our culture and how we're obsessed with popularity and things and likes, and you know the social media world has just again. And we probably... we want our kids to to live with us. Come yes. on. So one of my other questions for you is, how do you think our younger generations can make an impact, a real promising path forward? Well, I, I feel like, you know, from what I've seen with my family and others, that our younger people are willing to step up mm-hmm. and make a good decision, whether it's an electric car or whatever. They already know it's going to cost more. Mm-hmm. Now, but I like this idea of a transition period because what if the goal was to get more affordable electric vehicles or more affordable solar? That's where I'd like to see some efforts put. We have the means to uh, benefit from free energy and we need to use the energy correctly so it uh, nourishes our life and others and everyone in the right way with the right balance we can't just turn the switch off with fossil fuel we can't but we can start looking at it and how we use it to null it out to where it's not 
adding. So if we add anything, we need to be able to extract it out. So, you know, like I said, the dollar for dollar is the most drastic, okay? And this transition that we can do, there's so many things that could be done. You know, if we just get a little more money and put the money in the right place to make those changes happen. Do you think that should be some sort of local tax or something that people decide, oh, I want to put... I think it needs to start with the people. I think there's a certain amount of us that's just willing to, well, you know, I'll pay the climate change tax to at least put money in the kitty as long as, you know, I can see, see some local projects happening here. So if we're willing to do that, why in the heck isn't the government willing to subsidize a little bit on this? That's working together towards an, a good goal. But no, they want to sit over there and say there's not enough science to prove this or that and the other. And we, we want to sit over here and say there's not enough science to prove that that facility that you want to put up there, up on the mesa or whatever, is going to stay there mm -hmm. and not pollute. You know what I mean? We're, we're bickering. Yeah. We're not working together. It doesn't feel like we have the time to do the bickering. Yeah. The big thing is the money crossover. I'm seeing younger people wanting to pay more, you know, to help our environment. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm starting, I'm from the old school, you know, that was not in my background at all, you know what I mean? So I've, I'm coming that way, okay? We all got to come that way. Let's face it, if you want to use fossil fuel, it's going to cost more. And it should because of the impacts that it has now. And it's, it's at a tipping point. We can either go the right way or we can go the wrong way and we know we're going the wrong way we see it you know it's in our climate you know the power of big oil has got to end you know they they have spent so much money billions of dollars just to promote people using fossil fuel okay and saying there's nothing wrong with it and they've got away with it they have made so much money off of that lie and we, we just fell right into it. That we're not going to be able to get the money back from them, okay, to help turn it, turn it around. But any new fossil fuel wells or anything like that, if they want to they put those things in, they need to pay twice for them. And everybody that uses a fossil fuel needs to pay twice. That's the reality. There, there is no right answer about this. It's just facing the fact mm -hmm. and I starting think, to live with it. I think there's some creative answers. Like, let's come up with some solutions. Yes. Problem solving instead of just perpetuating what we've already seen. I mean... Well, everybody's scared. They're living in fear of financial sustainability, I guess. You know what I mean? I remember back when I was working so hard, you know, I'd wake up every day. And that was the first thing in my mind, you know, is... Okay, I got to get to work and get these get these projects done and so forth. You know, mm -hmm. not even considering how much energy I'm going to use to do that, or or how much carbon I'm going to generate because of that. You know what I mean? Not in my mind at all. And that's how most people live. They have no uh, carbon management plan. None. Our governments don't have a carbon or you know climate action plan. Nothing. Everybody's fearing this cost. 
but it seems like you could come up with a business plan. You come up with all the variables and projections. And so I feel like there could be a business plan developed for this transition. I really like this idea. Absolutely. You know, we, we live in such a blessed area right here that we have free energy. Free energy is here. Energy can be generated from the irrigation water that flows through here. You know, of course, the solar, you know, is never ending, you know. And we can develop jobs for people that live here that can, you know, work in those disciplines to maintain them, develop them. It goes back to what I was saying. We don't need all this. We can live a lot simpler. That is another big bite. It's got to come back to us as citizens in a community working together to come up with ideas and, you know, putting what few dollars we have, pulling them together or whatever, and come up with a daggum project that will substantiate facts, scientific facts here about trying to prevent big oil from just taking our money that we... So we have to have the know-how here. So it's, you know, it's knowledge... It's, you know, the drive and will of the community to want to do it. And then it's all these god-awful politicians, you know, dragging them in and making them open up their eyes and realizing it here. It's a hard road, but it's got to be done. Our young people are already saying, well, you know, I got to work. I got to get from here to there. I'm going to just go ahead and make a good decision where I feel good, buy an electric car and move on. That's the way they look at it. Well, Wade, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me and Absolutely. joining our new podcast, Crisis to Come Back. So wonderful to have an organization like this. And we can't have enough soldiers from Mother here to wake up people and let's get on the right road. Sounds good to me. Well, yeah. <laughs> if it wants to be sustainable, it's not going to be any other way. You know? I mean, my whole thing is my grandchildren, okay? I want to help mother in our environment and our climate as much as I can so they have something. If you just sit there and take a minute, sit down and just connect with nature, wildlife, whatever, just for that, let's, let's say 15 seconds, okay? And then tell yourself, this may not be here 10 years from now. That's the reality. Wake up. Thank you. Thank you so much. That concludes part two of my conversation with former oil and gas employee turned climate activist Wade Pridgen. You've been listening to Crisis to Come Back, your Western Colorado climate action podcast, produced and hosted by me, Corey Stanton, and occasionally co-hosted by Alan Harvey. Crisis to Come Back is a local and regional weekly short-form podcast that explores the impacts of climate change and the state of warming in Delta County and Western Colorado, and local climate actions taken by individual citizens, businesses, and government. Get informed, inspired, and empowered by listening to these short episodes and become a part of the solution to addressing our rapidly changing local climate. This podcast was made possible in part by the West Elk Community Fund and Citizens for a Healthy Community. If you have questions, comments, or want to learn more about this podcast, please reach out to us by emailing crisis to come back at chc the number four 
www.you.org. Thank you for listening.